Welcome to the Socrates Podcast, an intellectual discussion and analysis of the world's most popular sport. On today's episode, the group stage of the World Cup has concluded with drama and excitement, and now we look ahead at the round of 16. the Socrates podcast, an intellectual discussion and analysis of the world's most popular sport. I'm your host, Jake Marchesani. And wow, we have concluded the group stage of the World Cup. And it was full of drama, full of excitement. Uh, I I feel one of the best final game days of a group stage that I've ever seen in a World Cup, namely because coming into this After two games, only Brazil, Portugal, and France had qualified for the next round, and only Canada and Qatar had been eliminated. So only five teams out of the 32 had guaranteed a place, whether it was in the round of 16 or going home. So almost every group, multiple teams had a lot to fight for, and in several groups, No team had been in, no team had been out, so everybody was fighting to move on to the next round. So it provided for some amazing, amazing drama every day this week. We look back to Tuesday as we saw, you know, Netherlands and Senegal move on and England, USA book their places as well. Not as much drama on Tuesday, but after that, It's been insane, and uh, I'll take you through a couple of my highlights of the final game days, as well as look ahead to the quarterfinal, to the round of 16 now, and potential uh, juicy quarterfinal matchups as well. There's so many more things to come in this World Cup. Uh, I feel like it's uh, it's just getting going, and if any, if the uh, if the last round of games was any indicator, we're in for some excitement. But first of all, <clears throat> let's go through and list the teams that advanced. Uh, so we have Netherlands playing the USA in the first game tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Mountain Time. Then we have Argentina versus Australia on the other side of the bracket. And so the winner of the Netherlands-USA plays Argentina-Australia winner. Then on the other side of the bracket, England versus Senegal. I think that's going to be a great matchup. France versus Poland, the winner of those two games play each other. Then we look at Morocco versus Spain and Portugal versus Switzerland. And then Japan versus Croatia, Brazil versus South Korea. So a lot of um, kind of underdog matchups. And if we see how the underdogs have been playing so far in the World Cup, the, the big dogs should be getting a little bit nervous. So there's a lot of excitement, a lot of things to play for. Um, you know, when I picked my uh, um, uh, uh, teams that were to advance, I ended up nine for 16 on my pick. So I wouldn't say that was very great. I definitely missed a few. I did pick Belgium and Canada to move on, and both of them were eliminated. 
And uh, so that's why I don't love uh, making predictions or at least putting a lot of stock in expert predictions, if you will. It's still fun to try to make them and see if you get those right. Um, but we got some really good matchups. So first of all, let's look at just some of the drama that unfolded during this week. And then we'll look at some of the key talking points for the next round. But um, like I said, the the first day on Tuesday, not a whole lot of drama. I mean, the USA held on to move on. They needed to win. It was as simple as that. And they won 1-0. So they, they moved on by the hair of their chinny chin chin, if you will. And they did not, um, they made it, you know, close. They made our, us nervous as fans because um, I thought they played a really good first half. They got a great goal from Chris and Pulisic. Uh, I just thought um, the, the, the fullbacks for the U.S. were playing great, so especially Serginio Dest. I give him man of the match. He was getting up into the attack, moving forward. And uh, I really enjoyed watching him get up and down. I think he will be a key player for the matchup against Netherlands. Um, but U.S. was on the front foot. Iran just needed a tie. So it was playing out that way where the USA was up. They got their goal and they were possessing the ball. It, it looked, you know, they, they looked like they were going to continue to cruise to victory. Second half, though, this team is really a tale of two halves. We saw it against um, Wales and they were able to hold on here against Iran. But, um, you know, I just felt like, you know, there's times where in a game the tactical nature of substitutions is is an undervalued uh, trait in a manager. And I just feel that, you know, there's times in the game where you can sense where, hey, we got to make a sub. Maybe it's a little bit earlier than you thought. Maybe it's a different player than maybe somebody else would think. But uh, I felt that you know, around the 65th minute mark, it was getting close for Josh Sargent to come out. I just thought, even though he played a really good game, he was holding up the ball, I just thought we need to make a change up there and get some fresh legs in and do a like for like. And unfortunately, he he, he came down with like an injury at the 70th minute, and then they subbed him out after that. I thought, I noticed before that, that I thought maybe that would have been a key time for a substitution. But then they also made... Greg Berhalter made some subs early. I just thought too soon to he start. He put, went with five back in the defense. I just thought it was a little too soon to close up shop and hold out for the rest of the game and uh, and just hold on to the win. And uh, hold on, they did. Walker Zimmerman came in and made some great clearances, you know. But um, I thought you know there was a, a a semi close call for a penalty. I just felt like it was a little early. I thought. You know, the U.S. could learn, I hope, from this game that I think we still need to play our game for the entire 90 minutes. I don't understand why we need to change it up. Uh, It it, it works pretty good when we play the game. If you look at the first half against Wales, you look at the first half against Iran, you look at generally the performance against England, although I thought the game itself was a little stale, when when we try to play the possession game that Greg Berhalter wants, you know, that is a, a way to keep the opponents out of our own goal. So you remember, you can play defense by offense. Look at Spain, right? They keep the ball a ton. Now, that's not really they're not playing defense with that, but um and and it didn't quite, you know, they they were vulnerable at times, but I think the way that the US is playing, we've only given up one goal. 
and uh, and we've gotten two shutouts. We're looking very solid defensively, not as great going forward. So I think that we need to play our game for 90 minutes. That's going to be one of my one of the ways I look at us playing the Netherlands. But then we look at so 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 Group A and B. The first games, not a whole lot of drama. The teams, you know, you know, they move through. The Senegal Ecuador game was a really good game, and basically the winner of that moved on. I thought Ecuador contributed a lot to the tournament. They looked really good. I was bummed to see them go out because I was really impressed with them. But I, they have a young team, and I think if they can replace uh, Eder Valencia, their their aging striker who's had a phenomenal career at World Cups, if they can replace him, they, they're built for another run in four years. So I, I like the Ecuador team. I thought they've been great. Qatar has contributed very little to this tournament, if anything, uh, I'm disappointed in them. There was a lot of hype. They said they were a soccer nation. They were building up for the World Cup, and their team looked shell-shocked in the first game, like they had no idea what hit them. They regained a little bit, and um, you know, I-, I thought they played okay their second two games, but really not much from them. Then we move on to the second day, which was Wednesday, Group C and D, Argentina versus Poland. Mexico versus Saudi Arabia. That is where the drama started to happen. So first drama, Leo Messi misses a penalty kick. I didn't think it was a penalty to begin with. So the quote-unquote soccer gods evened that one out for us. But really, Argentina looked back to their best. They were controlling the ball. They were controlling the, the, the point of attack. They were suffocating anything that Poland tried to contribute. And eventually... You know they got they got two goals. They they got a goal like within the first minute of the second half, which was a huge goal. McAllister with a great tap in, and uh, and then they got their second goal. They could have got a few more, but they looked back to their best against Poland, who is a stubborn opponent. So Poland um, is moving through, but not without some drama coming from the Mexico Saudi Arabia game, um, because Mexico had to win and win big and Poland lose for there to be a chance for Mexico to move on. And Mexico started to do their part. They scored an outrageous free kick in the second half. Then they scored another one. So so Mexico up 2-0, Poland down 2-0. At this point, Mexico needed one more goal because they would have been tied on points. They would have been tied. The way that you move through on the tiebreaker, let me frame this real quick as I just thought of it. To move on to the round of 16, it's the top two teams with points. Three points for a win, zero for a loss, one for a draw. If two teams are tied on points, they go to goal differential. So how many goals your team has scored versus how many goals you've conceded and whoever has the better goal differential moves on. If goal differential is tied, then they go to goals scored. If goal scored is tied, then they go to head-to-head however the teams played against each other head-to-head. And if that's still tied, then they go to the fair play rule of, of uh, whoever has the least amount of yellow cards moves on. So it's a, it's a pretty interesting uh, formula. I don't know. Actually, goals conceded might be the next one after goals scored, and then they go to head-to-head. So it takes a while to get to the fair play, although Japan and Senegal ran into that four years ago and Senegal got knocked out because they had more yellow cards than than Japan. What a tough way to get knocked out. So 
That aside, at this point, Mexico up 2-0, Poland down 2-0. They're tied on everything except Poland has the advantage on goal differential. Poland was still, Mexico was still um, uh, behind them. So then uh, what what needed to happen was uh, Mexico needed one more goal or they needed Argentina to score one more goal. Uh, Argentina looked good. They were threatening, didn't get it. Then, uh, and Mexico was peppering Saudi Arabia. Their goal, Saudi Arabia's goalie made some great saves. Then Saudi Arabia goes down and gets a goal, but they, but Mexico still weren't out. If they still got one more goal, they would have been able to break the tie against Poland. They just couldn't pull it out. So drama all the way till the end. Mexico, great last game, a little bit too late, you know, but it was a, a dramatic group because nobody had qualified going into that game. Anybody could have made it on. So that was a, a great group. And then we saw some unexpected action from the uh, Group D. France ended up um, <clears throat> losing to Tunisia, but still won their group. They played their backups. But um, Australia shocked Denmark and moved on. Australia beat Denmark and moved on. They had to beat them uh, uh, to get the to 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 move to qualify for the next round, and they did. So Australia uh, kind of came out of nowhere. Everybody thought Denmark would would move out of the group. So did I. And uh, Denmark just they had their silky passing, but they just couldn't score. And uh, Australia pulled it out. So um, that was unexpected to see Australia because they qualified for the tournament via a playoff. So they barely squeaked in, and now they're in the round of 16. Then Thursday, Thursday was some drama. Group E, we get Japan and Spain moving on. Japan tops the group. But this was crazy because um, the standings moved with every goal. So Spain played Japan. Germany played Costa Rica. Germany was uh, the bottom of the group. They had one point. Spain had four. Japan had three. And Costa Rica had three. Because Costa Rica got a shock victory against Japan. And Japan beat Germany in the first game. So what happens? Well, Spain score early. No, sorry. Germany score early. So Germany, boom, they move up. Then Spain scores. So we got Spain and Germany moving, moving through at this point. Then we get to the second half and Costa Rica score. Actually, and Japan. Costa Rica and Japan score. So both games are 1-1. So now Japan is back in contention. Germany um, still has, has, a, has a chance. But then Costa Rica goes score and Japan goes score. So now we went from Spain and Germany going through to Japan and Costa Rica going through because they were both winning Two to one. What a shock that would have been. Costa Rica starts the tournament with a 7-0 loss to Spain. And Spain goes out. Costa Rica goes through. So it only was that way for three minutes. Three short minutes. Japan and Costa Rica were moving through. Then Germany ties it up. Germany goes on to win 4-2. to two, And Japan holds on to beat Spain 2-1. to one. And that knocks out Germany from the World Cup for the second time in a row in the group stage. So we get Japan who wins the group, Spain finishes second, 
and uh, Germany, Costa Rica get knocked out. But that was a tough group. I think I labeled that as the potential group of death uh, this year, and, and I think it proved to be that. That was some serious drama. And then Croatia had a dramatic tie against Belgium to seal their spot, and Morocco wins that group. Didn't see that coming. Morocco beat Canada, so they were uh, seven points, two wins and a draw. Morocco hasn't lost a game yet, and they play Spain in the next round. That should be a really intriguing matchup. And then today, Friday, we saw Brazil and Switzerland move on with a great game between Switzerland and and, uh, Serbia. And we see Portugal and South Korea move on with a dramatic, dramatic game for South Korea. South Korea needed a lot of help. They needed Ghana to lose, and they needed to win for a chance to move on to the to the round of 16. And uh, and they were playing uh, um, Portugal really tough. Portugal got off to an early lead. Then South Korea tied it. And into the 90th plus minute, I think the 93rd minute in stoppage time, South Korea come with a great counterattack off of a corner. Young Min Sun picks it up just under his halfway, brings it down, and plays a beautiful slotted through ball to his uh, one of the one of the South Korea players who ran from his own edge of the box all the way into Portugal's and finished with some serious composure, and they beat Portugal to move on, even though Uruguay beat Ghana 2-0. So this was incredible um amazing excitement to watch every game there was so much riding on so many of these games and uh and and it was great to see and we got some upsets and we got some really great round of 16 matchups that could lead to some intriguing quarterfinal matchups and uh, overall though my impressions of this world cup has been it's been phenomenal i've really enjoyed it you're seeing some some young players step up you're seeing some new stars being born I, uh, I've really enjoyed, this has been a very high quality World Cup uh, and, uh, and it's been some serious drama to get to this point now where we are at the round of 16 and, um, and then we can move forward from there with some great quarterfinal matchups. Um, so that's my quick summary of the drama that played out. It was incredible. I hope you were all able to see it. And now we move on to my thoughts and preview on the round of 16 as we move further along into this great tournament. All right, so what are our talking points now that we are into the round of 16? Half of the teams have been eliminated. And uh, first of all, I just want to give a couple shouts, a couple shout outs to some teams that I thought really contributed to this World Cup, even though they didn't move on to the round of 16. My first one is going to be Saudi Arabia. They kicked off the tournament by beating Argentina, and they deserved it. They played great. It was exciting. It was interesting, and uh, and, and it was full of um, energy. And you know the game was incredible. The energy from the fans. You know there was a ton of Saudi Arabia fans, a ton of Argentina fans, and the shock and awe to see Saudi Arabia beat Argentina, even though the Saudis went out. They contributed a ton. To this tournament, they made it exciting. Also, I would look at <clears throat> um, uh, Ghana. Ghana played some really great uh, football. They they are expansive. They like to attack. Uh, they they're vulnerable though. They give up some ga- uh, goals and 
on the defense, they scored five but allowed seven. So that was, you know, a challenge, um, but they were a fun young team to watch. They had 24 of their 26 players playing in their first World Cup. So they are built for some exciting times in the future, and they created some great games and some great goals as well. I thought that, I did think that even though Canada crashed out with three losses, um, they brought an exciting flavor. When they played Denmark, it was like, whoa, Canada, they want to they wanna come after these guys. And I thought they, uh, you know, they, they deserved a little bit more than no, zero points, although they had the highest XG after two games and couldn't score. So I think um, you know, that's something they could build on for the future. But I think that they are prepared to come back and have a really good showing in 2026 as well. Cameroon and Serbia, the game between them was phenomenal. And, uh, and then Cameroon goes out by beating Brazil, and Abubakar gets a, scores a beautiful header right at the end of the game before stoppage time and celebrates by taking his shirt off and getting his second yellow. Uh, man, I, I know that it was a long shot for Cameroon to move on, and that's, you know, that's kind of a, a cool way to go, um, but... Could you keep your composure and not take the shirt off in the celebration, knowing that you already had a yellow, so that you can go try to get another goal? They needed another goal no matter what. But it was it was a really awesome scene uh, to see that. And uh, so there were some really good highlights. Those were some of the highlights for me. Uh, some great games that that happened, you know, throughout the tournament, and some teams that I thought contributed a lot, but uh, at uh, at the end of the day, did go out. But now we look at the teams that are still in, okay? So um, what what's the biggest talking points? Well, the first game, U.S. versus Netherlands. I'm excited for this game. I think this is going to be an interesting clash of styles. I don't think ne- uh, Netherlands have played particularly great, and they are not a vintage Netherlands side where they want to play total football. They like to possess the ball. They like to build. They like to you know, uh, use all parts of the field. It's not quite like that. They play a 3-5-2, and the U.S. plays kind of a 4-3-3 slash 4-4-2 when they're in defense, which has been working really good defensively. I think keys to this game would be our, our right back, Serginho Dest. He's, he's got pace. He can cross the ball. He's a willing runner. He's going to be going up against Daly Blind as the kind of wing back uh, who is not fast but a good player. And can the U.S. look to find that space on that right side and attack that and get him in behind? That will be a key a key matchup, I think. And then the midfield is also going to be a really interesting matchup. The midfield looks like it can get real clogged, and the U.S. does a good job of clogging the midfield and, uh, and not giving good distribution up top. So can they contain Cody Gakbo? Because he's been lights out. I think they, they have a potential to. And if they can, I don't know where many of the other goals for Netherlands will come. But I also don't know where the goals for the U.S. will come as well. I could see this one being a nil-nil battle. And just the first mistake gives it up. Or maybe we go to penalties. Who knows? I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. But I think either one of these teams moving forward against Argentina will also be an intriguing matchup. So Argentina-Australia, I look at Argentina probably coming away with a solid victory. 
against Australia. I don't think Australia can hang with them. Um, and uh, I, I think Australia, uh, Argentina are back to their best. So the U.S. Netherlands, really excited for that one. Uh, I think that one will play out very, you know, uh, it'll be a tight game. And then the winner gets Argentina. So that should be interesting as well. Uh, a, a matchup I'm interested in as well is England versus Senegal. Senegal, I think, could create some problems for England. England have looked pretty drab after their first game, 6-2 against Iran, where they looked great. Um, uh, I didn't catch much of the Wales game. They, they seem to handle that pretty easily. But Gareth Southgate has some challenges now. Does he start Rashford over Raheem Sterling? I think he should. I hope he does. We'll see. France versus Poland. Interesting matchup, but what I'm more interested in is if England and France play together in the quarterfinals. That will be a matchup for the ages. And Spain versus Morocco, very interesting matchup. That could be uh, the way Spain has been playing. They've been susceptible to counterattacks. Morocco can do that. Japan, you know, put the blueprint up uh, uh, for that as well. But if Spain win, then they could potentially play Portugal. That would be a great matchup as well. Although Portugal plays Switzerland, who are a very tough team to play. So I don't, you know, that's going to be a tough one for Portugal. I don't think they're playing particularly great. And um, I don't think Cristiano Ronaldo has had a great tournament so far. So how does that work out? We'll see. Uh, Brazil versus South Korea. Brazil's going to have all their players back, except maybe not Neymar. Do they rest him one more time? We'll see. Um, but I think that Brazil's starters will pull it out and uh, and get the job done. I thought you know they rested a lot of guys for the game, and um, and they ended up losing one nil to Cameroon. They're not worried about that. I don't think they're geared up to make the run for the rest of the tournament. But then Japan versus Croatia, very interesting matchup there as well. Uh, Croatia can can dominate possession. But Japan work hard and they're relentless and they could do what they did to Spain here against Croatia as well. So there's a lot of really good matchups coming our way. And then potentially we get Argentina versus Brazil in the semifinals and maybe France versus Spain, maybe maybe something. Um, but there's some, some really good matchups. This is going to be a great finish to what's already been a great World Cup. So I'd encourage you guys, continue to watch when you can. You know, the games are great. We got games at 8 a.m. and 12 p.m. for the next few days. And then we will be back after the round of 16, hopefully, to preview the quarterfinals or somewhere in between there. Uh, We'll post a few more before the end of the tournament, and then we'll wrap it up on December 18th with the World Cup Final. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you like the podcast, subscribe. We, we, you'll get notifications every time we put a new episode out. Check us out on social media as well. And remember, know thy soccer. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Socrates Podcast. Special thanks to GridLab for providing the music and the artwork for today's episode. Socrates Podcast is a production of Ball Watchers FC. Ball Watchers FC.